I got to see Olivia at the Geeky Awards. Great fun. What was it like being behind the scenes? It was it was an honor, first of all. Um, I was asked to come be kind of, I don't know if there's a term for us, we're like the trophy girls who bring out the award to the presenters. Um, but I was asked to do that by Kristen Nudopak because she had actually seen me at the Labyrinth of Jareth Ball in one of my costumes, um, which was designed by a good friend of mine. And her name's Jess Reeves. Um, but so she had asked me to come be one of the presenters because they wanted a bunch of cosplayers. And it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of, you know, energy that you don't see behind the scenes because there's a lot that goes into putting these shows on. Um, everyone was working really hard. And it was kind of awkward, actually, because my dress is so big and bulky that I'm, I'm pretty useless. And I wanted to just jump in and help with something, and I couldn't really. Um, so I did my best to just stay out of the way. <laughs> It was entertaining. I do have good photos of you on stage for a couple of the presentations, and that was it was a lot of fun and good to have you in person. Thank you. Well, when Olivia and I first exchanged a few emails, we talked about topics pertaining to comic books and lawyers, and then we realized the cross-section of the two. We can only think of two superheroes that are lawyers. Yep. And they're both in the Marvel Universe. DC does not seem to have much love for lawyers. <laughs> Those two would be Daredevil and She-Hulk. One makes sense because Justice is blind. Mm. And the other turning big and green and beating the hell out of things, I, I don't see that happen. Um, but you probably have the desire to at times in the courtroom. You know, there, there are frequently times when I do want to scream con at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so okay. that does happen. But I've never wanted to hulk out. Um, okay. Others might. Others might. Uh, yeah. Some depots can go bad that way. Well, and they're, they're both not really major player characters either. Like, She-Hulk, I actually have to admit, I don't really know that much about She-Hulk. Cousin of Bruce Banner gets the blood transfusion and that turns her into the Hulk. Got it. And in the late 80s, John Burns, who revamped Superman with Man of Steel, did a great run there, had a wonderful run on She-Hulk when he restarted that. And it was humorous. You know, good writing for the character, but she frequently broke the fourth wall. But I don't remember any of the issues, and I could go through one of the six boxes of comics I have and <laughs> look for them again. But I do not remember any courtroom episodes. There were mm. some space ones. There were ones dealing with the space truckers from the way early 80s. And that was before your time, I think. Early, yes. Uh, uh, I, was, I was young. Uh, but, yeah, interesting, because you don't see a lot of lawyers in the comic books. Not in the superhero role, anyway. There are a couple villains. Yes. You know, Harvey Dent. Now, to be fair, when you think of the Dark Knight, Harvey Dent did play the good guy, the good DA, and there's the courtroom scene in that. But then he goes mad and, you know, goes on a murderous spree of those who wronged him. We have rules on professional conduct that would prohibit that. That would be something that would disbar you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Two Face is practicing no, courtroom law anymore. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but it is ironic they do call the lawyer Two Face. Mm-hmm. That is a little hurtful. 
Well, that's a little bit better. I, so I was trying to, you know, there aren't, like we said, there aren't that many lawyers in comics. So I was branching out of it and thinking about lawyers just in, in animated series in general. And I, I, whenever I think, go outside of that box, then I jump to Futurama. Mm-hmm. And I think of the, uh, the hen, the rooster lawyer. What's his name? So I don't think lawyers get much of a, a good representation in, in anything nerdy. We get one of the, we are viewed as perhaps one of the most despised professions in America, mm. which is rather hurtful since we did help found this country. That's then that's a good point. I did think about that. You know, the quote that you know, the first thing we do is kill all the lawyers. It's not because of billing rates. It's because the lawyers are the ones who are the guardians for liberty. So when you start hearing about the NSA doing wiretaps on 1.5 million people with one single warrant, it's the liberal and conservative lawyers alike who get up on their high horse and say, no, this is wrong. When you unite the right wing and the left wing in the legal department, it's very interesting. Well, and I think that's, you know, I I was looking at geek the geek world Mm -hmm. and how lawyers are seen, and I was thinking about the kind of the flip side to the lawyer which is kind of the police force. Mm-hmm. And they get, you know, there are a lot of cop characters that get made fun of, but they get a little bit more love, I think, because they're seen more as serving and protecting. Um, and lawyers just, when people see them just as the hand that's dealing out the, the bad deals, and, and that's it's an image problem. You need PR. Yeah, and it's truly not fair. I mean, you know, part of it is the law of averages. You know, when you have, you know, one, two percent of the profession that's not respectable, now they're the snake oil salesmen. And then you get everyone else who's helping people keep their kids, that are working through uh, divorces, that are working through mm-hmm. all the, you know, probate. Bad things happen to people, and they go to a lawyer as you go to a doctor when you have a medical problem. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who are there to help. So it's truly hurtful. Um, <laughs> You know, we didn't have to be persecuted as such. You know, there are times when some of that rage is, is well-directed. But I think back to the Kevin Smith run on Daredevil, and in one of the fights there's referenced about uh, a superhero insurance policy that would pay for damage that took place in a, during a fight with Daredevil that Matt Murdock's firm conveniently put together for the city. Mm. And so... Lawyers would be needed in a world with superheroes to figure out insurance, damage, liability, and when I think about the upcoming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm. you would think there would be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that was also an attorney, because they got to get warrants. They might, you know, that might be something that gets set in, I don't know. It's, you know, Josh, if you're watching, I'm happy to do a cameo. Bow tie guy in the Me back, too. yeah, back of the helicarrier. Go to the secret court. Totally happy to do that. Yeah, no, they would need. They'd need to re- get some sort of. Well, that you can't out. have the spy agency acting within the United States. We also have laws against that. Mm. Well, yeah. superheroes don't tend to follow the law a lot, right? Yeah, but when they're a state actor, that that gets weird, and that's where Shield will be interesting to watch yeah. because it's. Well, and, you know, thinking about that, that could be another reason why the lawyer rep, you know, they're seen as enforcing the law. Mm-hmm. Look at some of the favorite superheroes. They operate outside of the law routinely. It's part of their character. I mean, Batman constantly has people hunting him down. They want to arrest him and throw him in prison. Spider-Man is sometimes seen as a menace, sometimes seen as the savior of the city. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there that to that issue. But then you get the state actors, Captain America, True. Superman, kind of viewed as having authorization from the state or the federal government to act on their behalf. Uh, then there are those that are just the full-blown vigilantes. But I, you think of all the superheroes who are lawyers, and it, you can think you can count to two. Yep. There might be some other one floating around out there. Uh, for example, I only know of one psychologist. And that would have been Angel from the Golden Age of Marvel. Mm. Yeah. And that goes way back. So it's easy to have mutants, but following the Constitution and defending those rights. You'd think during Civil War there would have been a lot more lawyer superheroes coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, that's what got me back into comics. In the Civil War? Civil War. Because they did such a good job with those legal issues. Mm -hmm. Even though the Superhero uh, Registration Act kind of conflicted at times, and I don't think they actually wrote it down from an editor's point of view first. Comics are known for kind of reinventing, retconning, backtracking a little at times. It happens. Little things like that. And then after Secret Invasion that, you know, President Obama just gets rid of it. That wouldn't work. The president just can't nullify an act of Congress. It doesn't work like that. Well, okay, but we're also talking about comics where, you know, you get bit by a radioactive spider and you get superpowers, so... True. <laughs> True. There's a little... True. But it just, Steve Rogers can't meet with the president and go like, you're right. We're just going to pull the plug on that. Yeah, no. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, th and there, there might be a new lawyer in D the DC mm -hmm. universe. I did say. So if, if you watch The Green Arrow, um, a certain female character who has not yet put on her superhero costume is, is an attorney on that show. Now, don't you dress up as her? I do. I cosplay as Black Canary. Yeah, um, I would I'd like to see you in that outfit. That would be cool. <laughs> so, well, I do wear, uh, I do cos, I cosplay as Black Canary usually at Comic-Con every year, at least one day. Um, what are your other favorite costumes? Well, so my, my love is Emma Frost. The White Queen, mm -hmm. and that's my favorite costume. But I do, I, so I have my Emma Frost for Marvel. When I'm in a DC day, I do Black Canary. Uh, I also do Seven of Nine from Star Trek. The, there are lawyers on on Star Trek. You don't see them that often, though. There, each of the series had at least one. Mm -hmm. um, DS Nine, I think, had at least five. So DS Nine was a, a fantastic run on that show too. DS Nine was my favorite of the Star Trek series. And it's interesting, a lot of people, um, I think, are coming back and re-watching them all on Netflix, because DS9 was the only one that had this this big arc, mm -hmm. and you had to watch every week. So back before TiVo, uh, if you missed an episode or two, you fell behind. So DS9 kind of got the shaft, but now that we can do these binge viewings, people are going back and loving DS9. Oh, that You have to look at the time that we live in versus the time it was made. Yeah. In the late 90s, we were in a relative time of peace. The Cold War was over. We had the occasional terrorist attack, but we weren't in a full-blown war. Yeah, that's true. And so DS9, when the Dominion War started, addressed issues in Homefront. Yes. You know, with mandatory blood screenings and you stuff that you look at today and go like, oh, that's hitting closer to home than I thought it would. I, You know, that's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's very true. Because that was why Battlestar Galactica did mm -hmm. so well, which also had a lawyer on it. Yes, which... Both were also done by Ronald Moore. Yeah. And so both very good. Both had 
great courtroom scenes. Yes. Oh gosh, the Battlestar Galactica courtroom scenes were wonderful. There, there is an issue with Leah Dama playing defense attorney and also testifying. You know, to to do that, you'd have to jump through several hoops in an American court. Right. To turn a law- your lawyer into a witness, which then brings us to Ronald D. Moore's new series. Uh, have you seen the trailer? For I that? have not seen the trailer for this. It looks like it's like a research station down in Antarctica. And there's a contagion, and there's possibly some extraterrestrial element to it. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, so it was, it was just very hinted, and okay. so we'll see, we'll see what they do. But there are many great other courtroom scenes. And what was some of your other favorites? Oh well, um, like I was saying, so when I think of courtroom scenes in sci-fi or comics, I always jump to Star Trek: Next Generation, and Picard being put on trial for all of humanity by Q. And Q was both the judge and the lawyer and the jury. When you're omnipotent, you can do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. That was good mm-hmm. from All Good Things. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. And recognizing the paradox that he caused it. I would have to say, again, I go back to DS9 Rules of Engagement where Worf was put on trial for extradition to the Klingon Empire Ooh, yes. for destroying what was thought to be a Klingon civilian ship that decloaked during a battle and the evidence was falsified. Wonderful rediscovery and computer forensic issues there, so right up my alley, but that was, was very good and probably one of the more neglected ones. We also had the Cardassian trials, where guilt was determined in advance. Yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yes, that's right. And your your decision, your fate's already been decided. And you're just being put on trial for show. Yeah. And so you had one with O'Brien in the second season, I think, that dealt with that. Yeah. So there was there have been a bunch. Yeah, DS Nine. You know, you go back and you just remember that it really was such a well written thoughtful series. Yeah, and there are some who complain like, oh, they weren't going anywhere. It's like, well, they had spaceships. They went places. Right, they went places. And problems came to them, too. But it also did a good job establishing the Federation world Mm -hmm. and what life was like. And so... That's true. uh, Voyager had a couple episodes. I liked Voyager, and I liked Captain Janeway a lot because she was tenacious like Kirk. We're not going to sit on the couch and talk about her feelings. We'll go shoot something. And I found that endearing. Well, she, she would balance that out, too, with wanting... She had that struggle constantly of we're kind of living in frontier lands. Does, do our laws still work here? Does and the prime directive still apply? Does Starfleet rule and law still apply when you're so far away and no one's going to know? And they eventually bring in that other captain in a later mm-hmm. series who... To, From the Equinox. yes. Equinox captain who totally threw Starfleet regulation and laws out the window. Well, they had been slaughtered, and like they had gone through a different right. level of hell where they encountered a species that wiped out most of the crew. And, and they it, were a science vessel, so they weren't equipped for the kind of confrontation that happened a lot with Voyager. Yeah, so it was different. Yep. But yet, a lot of those shows from the late 90s did a very good job of handling those big issues, and... Now that we've been fighting a war for a decade, they relate well. Yes, that's very true. So so what geek things do you have coming up that people should watch for? Um, so, speaking of Voyager, I should be at Kamikaze in November, um, cosplaying as Seven of Nine, hopefully. We're hanging out with the, the 
Starfleet Bridge Restoration Crew. Um, I don't know if, if you are that familiar with... I got to sit in the captain's chair, so why don't you, you know those guys. Why don't you tell them about it? Uh, well, it's this amazing effort being put together by just some of the most amazing, wonderful, welcoming you know geeks you'll ever meet who are recreating the Enterprise D Bridge. Uh, this was a touring bridge that basically got thrown out one day, and they went and they scooped it up, and they're putting it back together. A lot of big names are behind the project. Um, ultimately, the goal is to have a sci-fi museum in LA, I think by 2016 is their hope, um, dedicated to all things geek. I recommended a friend of mine who's putting together an e-discovery conference to rent the bridge because there's a lot of people in our world who would geek out over that. Yeah. It is definitely a, it's a fun experience to get to sit in that chair. I would love to do a video podcast from there. That would that would be a lot of fun. I will let them know that you are interested. I would. Uh, <laughs> that would be fun. Um, that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, so there's there's Kamikaze. Okay. And there's also actually going to be a Star Trek convention. It's not the big one that happens in Vegas every year, but there will be one in San Francisco. Um, I think the weekend before or after Kamikaze. So I'm hoping to go mm. there and. Um, time and money permitting geek girl con which is a all things geek and girly although men are encouraged to attend in seattle um so yeah there's a lot of fun conventions i definitely try to hit up as many of those as possible and i actually have a web series that i cannot really say anything about because i have an nda but i do have a web series that some of my friends and i are working on so awesome so do you deal with any of the geek girl unpleasantness yes at conventions especially um or even you know just you go into a comic book shop and they assume you're there for your boyfriend i i don't get that that's horrible it's i think part of it actually is coming now more from people who aren't really in the geek world and are shocked by uh co-workers who will find out that i go to conventions are kind of taken aback and they go wait you're 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 a geek Really? Yeah, because the entire purpose of being a geek is normally it's socially accepting of others who are geeks. Yes. Because in the old days, in the 1980s, you know, I distinctly remember kind of being on the outskirts because I was into Doctor Who before it was cool. Right. Yeah. And when you find others who are into it, you normally are accepting. You get really excited. It's, oh, here's someone I can, who understands this and I can share it with. That's, that's what, um. And that's when I try to explain to people who don't have any experience with this why conventions are so important. It's you are suddenly surrounded by all these people who share your passion. And it's energizing and a lot of fun, um, which is why it can be disheartening because there is still backlash from within the geek community towards these fake girl geek concepts. Um, Yeah. You know, it's one thing. I mean, one judge noted who was a geek. He worked in a triples reference into one of his opinions, and he, he noted that there are lawyers who know there are geeks on the bench. Hmm. However, if you're going to make a geek reference in a brief, arguing your motion, be sure you get it right. Yes. Okay, because if you're pretending, that doesn't go well, and geeks generally don't deal well with pretenders, you know, people who come in late who now, oh, I'm into this, and they really don't know any of the history or anything. Well, I, I understand that because we're, as, a, as a crew, we're very protective of these things we love. They've become so important to us. So we, we want them to retain the integrity. At the same time, 
we can't close it off to new people coming in. You mm -hmm. know, someone might not really know anything about it and um, think Wonder Woman's kind of cool, and maybe they watched a couple episodes of the TV show, mm -hmm. or they, you know, grew up watching one of the cartoons, and are like, you know, I kind of would be interested in this. And when we dismiss them for not knowing everything, it's, we're hurting ourselves. You know, they haven't watched 45 years worth of Star Trek episodes. Right. There's a lot there. I have a friend who, who's a geek judge in New York State, mm -hmm. and he sent me a very nice note. He, he loves Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Chambers has all Star Wars decorations and toys. He is awesome with that stuff. And he sent me a very nice note for, thank you for telling me about Doctor Who, because he's been watching all of them on Netflix now. You know, people need to be accepting of new geeks. Right. And there's so much to watch and see now. Mm -hmm. there, it's wonderful. We have all of these shows. So someone might, you know, I, I know tons of friends who one person has never seen Battlestar Galactica and the yeah. rest of us go, oh my gosh, you have to see this. Um, but then they'll find out that someone else has actually never read a comic book, but they watch all the shows. So, you know, you can't, you can't get mad at someone for not having everything. Yeah. I mean, I remember Star Blazers as a kid. I have never heard of Star Blazers. Oh, you would... Japanese anime. And the original premise was Earth is attacked by aliens and the entire planet's crust is irradiated Mad Max looking world. And humanity's last stand is refabbing the Japanese battleship Yamamoto. Mm hmm which the United States sank during World War II and taking it into space to fight the enemy and to go to another planet to get the cure to restore Earth. The wave motion gun. It was fun. And there, there were two series of it. Or Robotech. You know, other fun stuff that in the mid-80s was cool. So, there you go. And if you were born then, there's kind of hard for you to say that you watched it because... You weren't ready to. I think my most obscure sci-fi nerdy geek thing that I love that is hard to find people is Titan AE. Did you see that? Yeah. I love Titan AE. And a lot of people have never even heard of it. It was it was neat. It was a great... It, I think it's the only really sci-fi animated movie I've ever seen that isn't, you know, anime, specifically anime. Well, that was Matt Damon and Drew Barrymore. Yes. And Joss Whedon. What voice did he do? He didn't do a voice. He worked on the screenplay, adapting and directing it. That's right. Um, then you had, oh God, who played the older character? Bill um, Pullman. That's it. Bill Pullman was in it. Um, and so was oh, an actor who I love, who's, I always forget his name. Yeah, a couple others as well. But, oh, come to us later when we're not on camera. Yes. That's funny how that sucks brain cells out. But yeah, very good classic on what would happen if... the Earth was destroyed, and we were cast out among the stars. Yeah, Common theme. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, with that, we've hit so many issues. Yes. I think we started with lawyers and somehow got onto just general geekery. We can it go happens. on tangents. I do this with Jessica. Um, she'll now be envious. So. <laughs> uh, but everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And this is the first of three specials with Olivia. And so stay tuned for when we talk about another lawyer in the movies, and then we'll break treats. Stay geeky, America. Stay geeky. <laughs>